Welcome everyone back to the Roto Sharks podcast. With me tonight, I have Dylan. He's the GPP expert. Uh, Ryan's going to take the night off as Dylan took the night off a couple days ago. Uh, we're going to break into the Sunday slate, uh, which is October 24th. The uh, It's only a five-game slate today, Dylan. Uh, the first game is going to be Orlando Magic versus the New York, New York Knicks. These teams just played. Uh, right now, the over and under is 214.5, and, and New York, rightfully so, favored by 12 points. Um, we'll start on the visiting team. Uh, they just got blown out. What do you like about Orlando? Um, I like a couple pieces, actually. Um, and GPPs, I don't mind taking a guy like RJ Hampton or a guy like uh, Jalen Suggs. Guys that, since I, I very, very much believe that this game is going to blow out, I'm looking at uh, guys that are blowout proof. So, I mean, Suggs will play his normal 30 minutes no matter what. Hampton will actually play more in a blowout than he would if it was close. So he's going to be around 20 minutes. Franz, Franz Wagner, I don't mind him. In GPPs, he's been getting a solid 30 minutes. Actually, you could probably target him and Suggs in cash, too. Their, their minutes floor is really good. Uh, I, I guess you can say the same for Bomba and Carter, but I don't like their prices. Despite the fact that they're getting good minutes, I don't think Bomba keeps hitting 36 and 40. Especially not in this tough of a matchup. And then Carter, he played really good minutes last game, but horrible minutes the first game. 5,400, I don't really want to take chances on him. Especially since there's a lot better bigs that you can target on this slate. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, um, some of the uh, people, some of the players on Orlando has surprised me. Like, Mo Bamba is playing really good right now. Um, but there are going to be better plays on this slate. I'm on the Orlando side. I'm with you, Franz. I would go with him. Uh, RJ Hampton has been playing a lot of minutes, and he will play a lot of minutes, even in a blowout game. Um, I think you can even look at Terrence Ross. I didn't see his price, though, to be honest. 400. We could, how much? 4,400. 4,400, yeah. I mean, you could definitely take a shot on Terrence Ross. I mean, you're going to have to find some value plays somewhere. It's only a five-game slate, so you might have to take at least one piece from this game. And um, it would probably be one of the guys who you know is going to get their minutes regardless of a blowout because this game most likely will blow out. Orlando, I watched this game, uh, what was it, um, yesterday, Friday? I, I watched most of this game in Orlando's. They're pretty terrible. Yeah, I mean this Orlando team, they don't have uh they don't really have anybody. Their best players are all younger guys who aren't established in the league yet. So I mean they're they're in a full rebuild right now. They they got some guys that have a lot of potential, but nobody that's really developed. Like I like Cole Anthony as a player, but he's not developed yet. He's still finding his way. I like Hampton. He played for Denver last year until he got traded. He's a good player, but he's very young, a lot of potential. So, I mean, they're a team in a complete rebuild. They're, they're going to play like this for a very good portion of the year unless they make some kind of big move, which I don't foresee them doing. No, I don't think so either. Um, Suggs is another good play, but at 5,500, he's a young kid. I think he does have uh, enormous upside. 
um, you know, especially down the season, once he gets a few games under his belt. Uh, he just put 38 on this team, uh, Fandle points, uh, just on Friday. So you could definitely take a shot on him. I don't know if I would use anybody for cash, though, on this. I mean, Franz maybe, because at 4K, all you need is 20 points. Yeah, I don't mind Franz for cash at all. Uh, the minutes he's getting, he's really solid play for cash and GPP. For sure. Um, Orlando does still have, um, you know, they got um, each one more. He might get some of the rotation later on. I highly doubt it, though. He He's not really that. But Markel Fultz. Uh, and MCW will come back as well. So really, this team like what they'll have a new look down the stretch when uh, Marco Fultz and them are back. And who knows if Fultz is going to go back to the uh, the Seventy Sixers uh, Fultz or the player we saw in Orlando. So it'll be interesting to see when those players come back how they handle the rotation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they gave MCW a lot more minutes than I ever at any point expected them to last year. So. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, uh, but I'm, it, they're mostly a stay away because I mean, if you if you've ever watched them, I'm, the only people that's watching Orlando Magic right now are people like us who's like trying to see rotation, see you know what uh, players are doing, or Orlando Magic fans, and some of them ain't even watching the game. Yeah, most Orlando Magic fans probably aren't watching the game. Not not they unless they're uh, drinking heavily. Nah, they probably switched to another team. <laughs> but uh, that, that's enough on Orlando. What do you think about the Knicks side? I mean, Orlando is a very bad defensive team. I really want to say just load up on these guys, but I really do feel a huge blowout coming, and I don't want to play a 9,500 Julius Randle. I don't want to play... 6,300 Fournier or a 5,900 Barrett. I mean, some of those guys could pay off, but and the only thing you're relying on that point is that Tibbs gives his guys the minutes no matter what. But, I mean, even Randall, so far this season, the two games he's played, has not played the kind of minutes I expected him to. He got 46 against Boston, but that was a double overtime game. And then... The other night against Orlando, he only played 30, which is – I expected him to be towards 40 every game this year outside of – they, they, they was up 30 at halftime, though. So I wonder how much that contributed. And then going into the fourth, they was still up 22. So I don't know if they was – you know, they knew they had it in the bag because, I mean, they was they was up 30 at halftime. Yeah. Like it, I, it, was, I, it, was, it was terrible. Which I could 100% see them doing again. Oh, for sure. I mean, if Todd Gibson doesn't play, you can play Obi Toppin again. But if Todd plays, Todd is uh. First off, if if Todd plays, I would play Todd at thirty nine hundred. Right. He's Tibbs's dude. Tibbs loves Todd. And considering the fact that he got ruled questionable, and he was out for personal reasons, I would assume he's going to be back. Right, but if he's not, uh, load up some Obi Toppin. We had him at two percent the other night, and he exceeded value. So I, I mean, he's getting twenty plus minutes with no Taj. He'll continue to get that even in a blowout. So I don't mind him at all. 
Exactly. They they did put up his price. Um, it's forty four hundred now. Obi Toppin wasn't he thirty six hundred last game because we played him. It was thirty nine hundred. Oh, he was, Ob was thirty nine. Yeah. Oh well, five hundred bucks. I mean, it's still five hundred bucks, but still, uh, Taj doesn't play. I like him as well, especially he'll get the whole fourth quarter if it is that in fact a blowout. So always yeah. look forward I to love that. Love that garbage home run. Oh, who doesn't? That's like that's like an NFL when you got a receiver and they're down by a lot of points. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah, but outside of, outside of him or Todd, if Todd plays, I, I'm really – you could take a shot on quickly too. Quickly got a big minutes boost because of the blowout. So if it, if it blows out again and he gets almost 20 minutes, 3,700, he's a fine play. Right. I like I like uh, quickly. He's just stuck in a um, New York system that has a whole bunch of guard play. Yeah. Just like um, – just like um, – I mean, they have a whole bunch of small forwards, too. Like, Kevin Knox is a UK player, and he sits the bench because of, you know, I mean, he was a lottery pick a few years ago, and they just got too many guards and forwards, small forwards anyway. So, yeah. Knicks, Knicks, is, Knicks is not a bad team, to be honest. No, they're not. They're a good team. They're a really good defensive team. Uh, they made the conference finals last year. I or not the conference finals. They made a one before the conference finals last year, and I don't see any reason for them not to make it at least that far again this year. They're a good team. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll go on to the next game unless you have anything else. No, I'm good. All right. So the next game uh, is going to be the Boston Celtics. Um, They're actually going to the uh, Houston Rockets. Um. (laughs) The over and under on this one is 225.5, and and Boston's only favored by six points. And I say that as only because Boston has been quite the – other than the Lakers, I think Boston has been really surprised team. I mean, they just literally got blown out by the Raptors. What do you make of this Boston team? They are weird, man. I expected them to be really good, and uh, they looked really good against – they play New York. They looked way better than I thought they would against New York. Such a good defensive team. I expected that to be a low-scoring game, and they they went to the wire. Jalen Brown. The Jalen Brown game. Yeah, but I mean, so uh, uh, there's there's guys to like here. I don't like a lot of their prices. Like, I like Williams' matchup. But with Horford back, even him playing at the four, uh, I mean, that divides everybody's minutes up a little more. <laughs> at 7K, I don't think you can play him, even against Houston. Uh, Tatum at 9,800, I don't I don't like him at that price. With him and Jalen Brown both healthy, both playing, they cap each other's upside so much. I like Jalen Brown, but at 8,500, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. Although Jalen Brown's questionable. If Jalen Brown doesn't play, absolutely load up. Tatum. You can load up on Tatum or Smart if uh, Brown doesn't play. But, I mean, Brown is another really confusing guy right now because he absolutely blew up against the Knicks, and then he did nothing against Toronto. Toronto's had some pretty solid defense. I give them that. I mean, they did just lose today, right? They lost to the Mavs. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was that was, uh, uh, that was weird. That, that was they just still, beat Boston and then they lost to Dallas. Well, it, it's really weird in general to see a guy go from his absolute ceiling to an absolute floor two days apart. Well, uh, you know, I think um, Tatum didn't do much either. No, he didn't. Yeah. But I think with Brown, that game. I think with Brown, we saw a lot more of uh, him being affected by still the fact that he's still recovering from COVID. So I, I mean, I could definitely see him missing this game, and if he does, that one hundred percent load up on Tatum. It's a uh, the Rockets are another weird team. They look good one game and horrible another. So I mean, I think these I, I think these teams will be good matchups for each other. I think it'll be a good game. I don't think it blows out either way. So if Brown misses, I don't mind Tatum at all. I don't mind Smart at all either. I think. Um... Boston's honestly, I mean, obviously the more talented team than Houston. Um, Houston's got another bunch of young guys as, as well. Um, they're rebuilding as well. I mean, they got a guy on their roster. I don't even know if he's like legit on their roster, but he's definitely not going to play from this year in John Wall. So I think, I think Boston will beat them, but it will be a close game. Yeah. So I, I don't think this is a, a game that you can look at as a blowout potential. So, you know, if you dig deep into it again, um, if you guys are listening, this is like a – this is honestly a first look uh, for me and Dylan or whoever else is on the podcast because literally it's just – it's the night before. It's just really first glance, our first thoughts basically. But I wouldn't play – I wouldn't play Horford. I wouldn't play uh, Time Lord. Um you know, I, I said I wouldn't play Horford the other day either. His first game back, he had COVID too, and he balled out against Toronto. He he might have been one of the best guys on the team yet on whatever day they played. Yeah, but now now he's um, fifty six hundred. I think that that night he was what forty four, forty five, something like that. Yeah, and they bumped him up in price, and now you're looking at it and like, oh, he's got to get thirty points. He got thirty eight points against Toronto. Which Toronto, you could take advantage of their bigs because their bigs are soft on defense. So, no, not really. I mean, Toronto's got decent defenders now. Their worst defending big is uh, Boucher. I like Precious defense, and I like uh, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes was playing good defense tonight. Yeah, I think uh, Scotty Barnes was on. Um, was he on Tatum? Is that who he was on? I don't know. I didn't get to watch much of that game. I, I did I think watch. Ryan was watching the game. I think he said Barnes was on Tatum. That makes sense. Uh, I was watching today, and they were rotating Fred Van Fleet, Scotty, and Precious off of Luca to slow him down, which is obviously a very large task. But I mean, I, I saw a few a few good plays out of everybody on defense. I was I was kind of surprised by the fact that they didn't let Luca go absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, Luca did have a bad shooting night, but that can also play in a part too. I watched uh, some of that game. Luca's so smooth though, like so smooth. He is so like oh my god, he's so smooth. But I mean, we outran in there. We we saw Kristaps Porzingis against that Toronto team blow up, and I think it's one hundred percent because they were more focused on Luca and they made the rest of the team beat them, which they did. 
But and that's why that's why I was saying like because he he's a well he's a he's uh, one of those uh, outside inside bigs I would say he he's more comfortable on the outside the perimeter. Yeah, Kristaps is. So I saw him go bananas because he didn't do nothing the first game. Yeah. So. But then I, I don't mind Horford. Uh, if Jalen Brown doesn't play, I don't mind him. If Brown plays, I don't like him as much. But if uh, if Jalen Brown doesn't play, I would take charge Horford. Oh, yeah. If Jalen, if Jalen Brown doesn't play, I would say Tatum is uh, really viable. He's oh, yeah. If Tatum eventually, you know. Yeah, absolutely. T- Tatum is one of my least favorite targets in DFS. But I will 100% fire him up if uh, Brown doesn't play. Sure. I would say he's a must in cash if Brown doesn't play, and he's a good, still a good play in GPP. And what about their bench? Anybody on their bench worth uh, talking about? I mean, I know Schroeder gets a lot of minutes, but uh, he really hasn't had a breakout game yet. He didn't do bad against New York. I I don't know. And Schroeder was really bad, in my opinion, last year. Much worse than I expected him to be on that Lakers team. That Lakers team must just bring people way down. If if Jalen Brown doesn't play, I would take a shot at Josh Richardson. He, he, he'll get more than that 20 minutes he got against Toronto. 4,200, he could do a lot better than that. For sure. Yeah, outside I wonder if uh, I wonder if Schroeder really turned down that money, or was that just you know a rumor? I don't know. I've heard it both ways. But enough about the uh, enough about the Celtics. What do you like about the uh, the Rocket side of the ball? You know, I came into this game wanting to say Daniel Tice because he's cheap. There's a revenge narrative. But they aren't giving him shit for minutes. Now, obviously, they got blown out by Minnesota, and then they blew out OKC, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But he's starting at their center spot, and he's only getting 18 and 20 minutes. I, I really wanted to load him up as the starter against Time Lord, because Time Lord is one of the worst defending centers in the league. But if he's only going to get that many minutes, I don't know. He, he, his upside is fairly capped. But yeah, I mean, I also know Wood spends time at the five, so I don't mind targeting Wood. I don't think uh, I respect Horford defense to an extent, and I know he'll get some Horford, but I, I think uh, Christian could still uh, exceed value at eighty one hundred. With uh, Tatum starting at the three, uh, I don't mind targeting Biggs against Boston. And then I want to say KPJ, but I, I very much respect Marcus Smart defense. And if Brown plays, I respect Jalen Brown defense, so I, I wouldn't play KPJ or Green. What about Tate? Scotty Barnes uh, put up 25 against his team. <sighs> Usually I do respect Tatum defense, but uh, I don't think there's any other guys who get enough minutes on this team to target anywhere else on this team. I don't think 
correct me if I'm wrong, but Jay Sean Tate is the person starting at three for Rockets. Right. And his price, I, I don't like him at 5,800. I don't, I think that 41 Fandle point game against OKC was a very big outlier. I don't think he repeats that. Well, it's OKC too. So you got to take, yeah. you got to take that with a grain of salt. Like OKC is a very bad team. Yeah, against Tatum, I, I don't like a 5,800 Jay Sean Tate, and nobody on their bench really gets enough minutes to target anywhere else. Yeah, just to put that in perspective for you guys, at 5,800, you need 29 points to hit five times value. Um, that's a little much to ask for a guy that is – his ceiling was probably that game against OKC, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I he, could, he could probably go for he could probably go for a little over fifty, but forty forty one is if pretty high. a guy like Wood or K, Wood or KPJ was out, then I would say his ceiling is higher. But with everybody on the team healthy and playing, I don't think that that his ceiling is much more than what he hit against OKC. Right. If you take Wood out of the equation, Tate becomes a lot more valuable because obviously Wood's going to garnish most of the usage with his field goals. He gets a lot of rebounds. I I love Christian Wood. I played him against OKC. He's just a he's really athletic. And OKC is just garbage. So there's that. I'm really genuinely surprised to see this Houston lineup be what it is. Because last year they would not start Christian anywhere but the five, no matter what the situation was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, take your shots on wood. Take your outside of that, uh, in large, large field GPPs. If you're playing multiple lineups, take a shot or two on Tice just because of the revenge narrative. Outside of that, I'm good on Houston side. Then I think me and you are on the same page with Gordon. Gordon just doesn't do enough to ever want him. Like all he does is score, and if he doesn't score, he doesn't do anything else. Yeah, I mean, he, he's getting decent minutes off the bench, but he's so scoring dependent. It, he's another guy that if a KPJ was out, I wouldn't mind starting at Gordon. But Yeah, I've never found Gordon attractive in DFS unless, you know, I mean, it could happen because it happened to the Rockets last year. I mean, they had so many guys out, so many guys coming, so many guys going. I mean, they was calling people up. It was it is hard to keep up with who they had in the lineup, to be honest with you, last year. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had a very ever-changing lineup. Oh, yeah. It, it was like I remember waiting to see what the lineup was actually going to be to see who to uh, play because, like, Martin would be in the lineup one time. Uh, then he wouldn't be in the lineup. He'd go for 40 one night, you know, Fandle points, and then the next night he wouldn't be in the lineup. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, any any other final thoughts on this game? No, this game uh, it becomes a lot more appealing if Jalen Brown's out. But if Jalen Brown is in, I don't like a lot from this game. You know, that's the one good thing about NBA is we'll come into the slate not liking anybody on the team or something like not considering anybody, and then one person for some reason might get you know sad because of a back to back or. You know, they, they, their back hurts. They make $40 million, so they can't work that night, whatever the case may be. No shot at Ben Simmons or anything. 
you know, leading into the next game, which is the uh, 76ers at the Oklahoma City Thunder, which, uh, Dylan, another uh, opportunity for a blowout here. Uh, the line on that game right now is, do they have a line on this game? Philly by 500. Uh, might as well be. They do not have a line out. That's really weird. They don't have a line out for this game. Well, I will tell you right off the bat that uh, uh, we're not playing anybody from OK- OKC. No, uh, no. Ryan, about the way they played, uh, their coach is apparently an idiot, and he does not have any set rotations. He doesn't have – nobody's playing consistent minutes outside of a couple guys, and those guys haven't been good. There's just nobody you can target on this team with the way they're getting played. No. There's only one guy that you could target now that his price came down a little uh, further, and and it's strictly GPP, Dylan. Strictly GPP. Shea Gilchrist Alexander is down to 6,800. He was 7,500. Dropped his price 700. You could absolutely take a shot at a Shea Gilchrist Alexander at that price and GPP only. That is it. And very large field GPP if you're playing a bunch of lines. And I, I, I wanted to say coming into this, you could play Giddy because he's a rookie. He's going to get run no matter what. But I mean, that's not true. They got blown out by Houston. And according to Ryan, the coach literally forgot that he had Giddy and let him sit the bench. Yeah, he did. He did say that, didn't he? I, I guess if you want to, I, I, I like this guy all the time and it hasn't worked for me yet this season. I like Lou Dort. He's one of the few guys that is playing consistent minutes, blowout or no blowout. Uh, they need he him at all. He he's their best defender, so I mean they need him on the court. And he's cheap. He's forty eight hundred. You have to find value somewhere. So I don't mind him, but I don't think I'll play him either. And this Philly side is it's kind of interesting tomorrow. Uh, I think Drummond was ruled out already. He's doubtful. Oh, doubtful. Uh, that's basically the same thing. Drummond is doubtful and Bede is questionable. If they so, were to both miss, then you absolutely 100% should play Niang for 3,600. Because he's going to get you 30 minutes or more. They have yeah. nobody else. Yeah, it's very possible that he plays 30 minutes, if they, which they still can. Blow out OKC even without Embiid and Drummond, uh, he'll still play. So I mean, I 100% you plug and play him if both those guys are ruled out. And honestly, even with the blowout risk, if Drummond doesn't play and if Embiid does, uh, if Embiid plays 30 minutes, which is what he's been normally playing against this team, he could absolutely smash his price tag in 30, even in 25 minutes. What is he, 3,600? Yeah, absolutely. No, I meant Embiid. I was talking about Embiid. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Niang. But Niang at 3,600, if Drummond's out, he's still a good play because he'll garnish the um, the minutes that uh, Drummond was getting. So well, he should see over Drummond, 20 minutes. No, Drummond hasn't gotten more than 20 minutes. He's gotten 18 and 19. Oh, I know, but Niang got 13 minutes the last game, so you would think – with Drummond out, Niang would see 20 minutes. You would hope, yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. 
especially if it's, this game does blow out. I could see him getting 25, 30 minutes, even if MB plays. But, I mean, I really, really like MB tomorrow if he plays. Because even if he only plays 25 minutes, he could absolutely still go for 50, 60 Fandle points in that amount of time against a team this bad defensively. No, None of these OKC bigs can stop Embiid. Right. And, I mean, you just saw Wood just dominate this team as well. So, Embiid's better than Wood. Yeah. Blowout or no blowout, I think Embiid can smash his price tag if he plays. If if Embiid Drummond's out, are you loading up on Tobias Harris? Oh, yeah. Oh, at 7,600, 100%. There's no Simmons, no Embiid, no Drummond. It's possible, actually, that they might start Tobias at the five in that situation. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I would 100% if Embiid and Drummond both miss, fire up Harris. Because, once again, even in a blowout, at 7,600, he could smash that price tag. What about the, uh, the guard, Tyrese Maxey? He's been playing pretty decently. He's decent, but he's just way too priced up. He's almost 6K. Mm-hmm. I mean, he needs 30 Fandle points. And in a close game against Brooklyn with that plays horrible defense, he played 36 minutes and didn't get that. I don't know why he got priced up so much. Any love for your boy, Curry? I hate Seth Curry. Um, <laughs> if, uh, I mean... Against a team like this, he's 5K. You can absolutely take a shot on him. He only needs 25. I'd rather play him than Maxi just because he's cheaper. He's just very scoring dependent. But against a team where I don't think he gets Lou Dort defense, I think Maxi would be more likely to get Dort defense. So I don't mind taking shots on Curry. What about you? Do you like your uh, favorite guy there, Danny Green? No, he's garbage. <laughs> I, I, he's I, lucked into I, a I couple of points. On that podcast. Yeah, this time he actually had, he had one rebound, a steal, and six points, bro. This dude should be minimum wage. What, what is his price? <laughs> yes. I don't even look at that guy. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, he he's really bad. He he. There was a couple of games he did really good last year, but uh, he just doesn't look – I think he hit the wall, to be honest with you. I don't know if I would take that dude if he was a free space. Uh, there is one other guy I like. I like Batiste Thibel tomorrow. He He's getting consistent minutes. And I know I heard Ryan say on the podcast that all he does is get steals and blocks. And that is absolutely wrong. That dude also gets assists and rebounds. He hasn't recently, but uh, Thibel does literally everything but score. And if a game does blow out, if Embiid is out, I, I could see Thibault getting slotted into the starting lineup if they did something like start Tobias to five. And if they do that, I will tell you right now, at 3,800, you always play Thibault when he starts. I did it every time last year, and it always worked. You think Ryan's going to listen to the podcast um, like you did no. when you went on the show? No, I don't. I don't think he will. He doesn't care about your takes. Not at all. <laughs> Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have played Giannis tonight if he cared about my takes. 
That is true. I wasn't a big fan of Giannis either. Um, I, w- I just wasn't a big fan of any of the big guys, to be honest. So I didn't play any of them. Yeah, I mean, thus far tonight, the only one that even came close to hitting value was Luca. Which, I mean, you can't, you can't predict, uh, foul trouble. Yeah, you can, you, we'll, we'll never say somebody's wrong for starting, uh, or playing a Giannis or a Luca. I mean, they can go for 60, 70 any, any given night, no matter the matchup. It doesn't really matter. No matter the slate, we'll never fault you for playing one of those guys. Yeah. Unless it comes out saying, you know, Giannis is restricted to just 20 minutes tonight, then, you're an idiot for playing Giannis at eleven thousand four hundred. Which yeah, still sounds a lot of damage in twenty minutes, but still, if he's only I want somebody to give me more than that. All right, unless you got some more thoughts about this game size, I think we're ready. No, I won't even tune into this game to be honest. Uh, the next game though is going to be interesting. It's going to be the Golden State Warriors traveling to Sacramento, uh, which is not far away. The uh, line on this one is Golden State is favored by just three, and the over and under on this game is 231. Uh, we'll obviously start on the visiting team. Golden State Warriors, what do you like? Um, I mean, Curry's one of those guys, just like you, we were just talking about with Giannis. You always got to at least look at Curry, almost no matter his price tag. And, I mean, he, he started out the season very good. Triple-double. First game of the season, a 45-point double-double against the Clippers. I mean, Curry is uh, balling out. He looks fantastic. I mean, outside of him, uh, you can take shots on Poole. Uh, I'm not huge on Poole at 5,200. He hasn't really uh, been uber impressive so far this season in the starting lineup. But, I mean, I don't mind taking shots at him. Mm. Outside of that, the guy you can always look at just because he's always cheap is uh, Looney. He's only going to get 15 minutes, but he, he is the picture of consistency. 18 points, 18 Fandle points. He's hitting right at value, so if you really need that value, you can look at him. Uh, I think Draymond is still too expensive. He's on a minute's limit. Not a hard minute's limit because he's played around 30 every game, but just too much for what he's been doing so far this season. Same with Wiggins. Wiggins at 6,900, even against a uh, Sacramento team that's usually a bad defensive team, although they look better this year. I, I don't want a 6,900 Wiggins. Draymond yeah, did play a little bit more minutes in the first game, but not, not that, like, four minutes more. Yeah, I, I mean... It's this Warriors team nine times out of ten. It's until Clay comes back, it's Curry or bust. Another guy you can kind of look at, in my opinion, if he plays tomorrow is Iguodala, just because he's been getting twenty minutes off the bench. He's getting decent usage. Uh, he's getting shots up. He he's been hitting right about at value with the minutes he's getting. So if he plays, I don't mind looking at him. Uh. I don't like Bealitz at MS 5K. Uh, his minutes have been inconsistent. He's been inconsistent. Uh, that's not just now. That's his entire career. I don't like an auto porter at 4K. Yeah, for me, it's pretty much Curry or bust. 
Yeah, I'm basically on that same train. I know Iguodala is questionable tomorrow. Um, so if Iguodala's out, who do you think his minutes go to? Otto Porter? No, I think they go to Damian Lee. Okay, because Damian Lee's already, I mean, he's getting 29 minutes already um, coming off the bench, which is pretty nice for a bench player. Um, well, that many? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, he got 29 minutes. So that's why I was saying, like, I, I, I would assume, like, Otto Porter. Um, I, I like Otto Porter just because he gives you all the peripherals, and he's he's cheap as well. So if, if like, uh, Andre Godala's out, I kind of like um, taking a shot on Otto Porter. He's only 4K. Yeah, I guess I, I guess uh, Lee isn't going to get very many more minutes, if any. So yeah, I guess they would probably get split up between Otto Porter and Bielitsa. Yeah. So I mean, Otto Porter um, against the Kings. I mean, it's going to be a fast-paced game. I think that gives him more opportunity, gives more rebounds, more assists. Hopefully, puts up more points. I think he's just one of those value guys that can hit the twenty-point mark if Iguodala's out and get and you know you can count on him getting those minutes, but I'm with you as far as the rotate, like if Danny, oh, not Danny, god damn it, Dylan, if Draymond, if, Dray, if Draymond Green was to get, you know, 36, 37 minutes or, you know, whatever, and, you know, obviously he's, they're all working their way back, if he was to get that and he was at 6K, I would definitely load him up, but I think he's like 66, 67 or something like that. Yeah, he's That's, 66. That makes me stay away from him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there, there's guys underneath them and above them that I'd rather play. Oh, yeah. This king side's a little more interesting, in my opinion, though. What do you like? I really like Fox tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I obviously still have to do my normal research into this slate, but uh, I played Fox a lot last year. I think Fox is a, just an absolute stud. He's going to get his minutes. He's going to put up shots, and he gets peripherals. I mean, he had a bad game against Utah, which I expected him to because it's Utah, and he still hit 35 Fandle points. So, I mean, sure. I, I'm a lot. Uh, Halliburton, I don't like as much. He was inconsistent last year. He's been inconsistent in his first two games this year. Uh he actually did better against Utah than he did against Portland, which is not a good sign. Uh, I like Davion Mitchell. I like Davion a lot tomorrow. He's getting more minutes. Uh, they really like him on the team for defense. They like having him on the floor. He's usually – we don't talk about a lot about rookies' defense because – not a lot of rookies come into the NBA and play great defense right off the bat, but uh, it's not hard to be a better defender than most of the Kings, and uh, he is. So they, they've had him on the floor a lot. I think they continue to give him the most minutes off the bench, and at 3,800, if he gets 30 minutes again, I love him tomorrow against Golden State. Yeah, I actually you can play him in cash or GPP. Yeah, and the, I mean, the kid that he comes to work, um, I think I told you guys offline, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but they was literally showing a special, special on this kid where an hour after the Kings game, he was putting up shots. So like he wants to work on his game. He was one for eight, uh, against Utah, 
which, again, we mentioned Utah's defense are pretty good. But the kid wants to work. So if he's playing that good defense, that gives him opportunities for the steals. Um, and then he starts making the shots. That's just going to make him more uh, valuable. And at 3,800, he's definitely worth the risk, especially at 30 minutes a game coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if he came off the bench and gave you zero, it doesn't kill you. He's only 3,800. Exactly. Now, what about the guy you said you're going to have to start looking at who's been Um, averaging about 30 a game? Actually, I'm just now trying to look a little bit more into his stats for the last game he played. He Uh, had 15 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and uh, 25 points. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm very surprised in Harrison Barnes. He didn't shoot that good against Utah, which I wouldn't have expected him to. He was just under 50% field goal percentage, and he was shooting 33% from three, which is a far cry from what he was doing the first game. But, I mean, uh, he he slowed down in scoring and making his shots, and he stepped up in other places. I mean, he's been an absolute stud to start the season, which uh, obviously I don't like playing people against Draymond, but – his first two games were just tougher matchups, in my opinion, with Roko and uh, Royce O'Neal. Yeah. So Utah's uh, just got a good team defense in general, and Harrison Barnes is one of those guys. He likes to dribble and take a couple dribbles and shoot mid-range is kind of his forte, is what he really likes to do. I watched him a lot in Carolina, and then obviously when he was with Golden State. But that's what he tends to like to do. And, um, you know, Utah's really good at just team defense overall. So, I mean, still putting up 25, getting 15 boards, that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, I would have said going into his last game, I would have said absolutely do not play him. And I think Ryan said the same thing because he shot 8 for 11 from 3. And you cannot expect somebody to do that again. And he didn't. He came nowhere near that, but he still exceeded value. He stepped up his rebounding and uh, still scored 25 points. So, I mean, I think you have to at least look at him. Uh, yeah, he's, he's priced up a little bit now at 7400 So that, that that makes it a little tougher decision, you know, but obviously he's he's played well enough to garnish that, that price tag. Yeah, I mean, his first two games, he's still far exceeded what he needs to for 7400 Now, I have a question. What's up with the um, the Marvin Bagley situation? Have you heard anything on that? I mean, he played the last game. Uh, as far as I know, he wasn't going to play at all, but I think they uh, they decided that they either want to play him more. Oh, no, you know what? They played him because uh, no Harkless got hurt. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that hip injury. Yeah, so, I, I mean, Bagley isn't going to play more than what he played last game, in my opinion, even if no Harkless doesn't play. I don't know. That's it's, it's a really weird situation. So really, on this team, we're looking at see, Buddy Hill's a little too priced up for me coming off the bench. Um, so for me, it's, it's Fox. You have to take a hard look, like a very hard look at Harrison Barnes. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I'll play him at seventy four hundred because I feel like he's one of those guys that it's like he's a tease. You know what I mean? Like, and as soon as I play him, he's going shit to bed. 
Yeah, I feel the very. I feel exactly the same, actually. But like, man, like we're talking so about it now, and if he so good, worth fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, there's going to be plenty of rebound opportunities. I mean, it's just him and Holmes down there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, thirty-eight minutes. He's getting a lot of. He's he's getting the most minutes on the team. He's obviously playing the best. Um, he does got uh, Fox there to. You know, get him the ball. I don't know. It's that seventy four hundred price tag is what really like. If he was seven thousand, I'd I'd probably fucking just load him up. But I know it sounds dumb about four hundred dollars, but four hundred dollars is a lot when you're talking fantasy. I mean, I'll I'll say that if I build my lineup and my last spot is power forward and he fits, I won't be upset. Gotcha. But you're not you're not you're not facing your core up Harrison Barnes, and neither am I. Yeah. That the day I base my core off Harrison Barnes, it must be like a two game slate or something. Yeah. Yeah, that or or Fandor DK pricing had an aneurysm and he's like four K. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is that's very true. Um is there anything else on the King side that you like? Nah, I'm not I'm not huge on uh Holmes tomorrow. I think seventy five hundred is a little bit too much for him, especially with the way Harrison Barnes has been playing. I mean, it takes a lot away from Holmes. Yeah. Well, let's go to the uh, the next game, and it's probably the most disappointing team of all of NBA right now. It's uh, going to be the Memphis Grizzlies traveling to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they're winning more fights on the bench than they are on the court. Obviously, right now the um, over and under is two twenty six and a half, and the um, oh wrong one. I'm reading the Memphis and the Clippers from today. <laughs> tell you. It's so much easier when you read NBA or NFL because it only happens once a week. But all right, so it's two twenty one, and the Lakers are favored by six. Uh, we'll start on the Memphis side. What do you like? I mean, what's not to like? John Morant at nine K with Russell Westbrook defense. I'm not. That's a play that's in my core. Jaw has been very consistent in his whole one and a half games of the season. He did very good against Cleveland. He's doing really good against the Clippers right now. I mean, matter of fact, let's uh, let's look at exactly what he's doing right now. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting pretty bad from threes, two for seven. One rebound, five assists. He's got a steal, and he's plus two at the moment. Uh, I mean, against a strong defensive team like the Clippers, he's putting on a pretty good showing through one half. And um, I would not consider the Lakers' backcourt a strong defense. No, not at all. He is priced up at 9000 this week, or for tomorrow's slate. I love it. Uh, 9000 against Russell Westbrook, I, I'll pay that all day. I feel more confident about that than I do Harrison Barnes at 7,400. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, there's other guys on this team you can look at, too. Uh, Melton in the starting lineup, I was kind of iffy on him at 5,300. But, I mean, he's putting up shots, and he's doing good right now. He's got 13 points, two rebounds, no assists. He's doing decent against this uh, Clippers team. I don't mind Desmond Bain. 
I I really like Desmond Bain all all year last year. He was another guy that anytime he got put in the starting lineup, I played him, and it worked out most of the time. And he's a he's a little bit more expensive than Melton, but fifty five hundred is not a bad price. If you were to land on him, I don't mind it. Um, I don't really like the bigs for this team. I think Jaron Jackson's price is too high. He hasn't done it enough this season to earn that price yet. I don't I don't like Clark off the bench. I don't mind uh Kyle Anderson off the bench at six K. I don't I don't know if he exceeds that value much, but I do I don't think he'll get under that value. He's shooting pretty poorly right now. He's over six. Yeah, I mean well like I said this Clippers team is a very good defensive team. Yeah, and the Lakers are just, they're not good right now, that's for sure. But I do i do like John Morant because, obviously, he's playing against Westbrook. Chris Paul is not known to be a scoring uh, point guard, obviously, but he, he gave Westbrook 23 and 14. Um, you know, John Morant's going to get his, he's going to get the peripherals. He's going to get those points. I definitely like John Morant. John Morant will definitely be probably the first guy to start with just because it's point guard and probably he's probably the best player on the slate. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. And, and at the same time, I don't mind Westbrook tomorrow. No, no. Uh, we saw him against Phoenix kind of get it together. I, I do think this team meshes eventually. I think it takes a while, but I, I mean, to begin with, I thought Westbrook was going to be the best play on this team most of the time because I think they're going to rely on him a little more to keep uh, AD and LeBron fresh. Yeah, the good so. news is with the dual position, you can literally have your core three and get some values. You can go uh, Fox, uh, Morant, and Westbrook, all three in your lineup, uh, do with for the dual position thing now. So you don't have to choose two of the three. I like that. So if I really wanted all three in the lineup, I could put all three in the lineup and go find my value. Yeah, that is an interesting – seeing Russell Wilson at that uh, shooting guard position is weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works out. I mean, you, those three would be your you know, your top three plays, and you would still have 5,500 at each position. So you could put a Franz in there at 4,000 at your other shooting guard and just go from there and find out where your other uh, plays are going to come from. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. The only thing I do mind is I think Davion's going to be in my core too, and I can only play him at uh, point guard. Hmm. So who would you get rid of? Fox or Morant? Fox? Um. Possibly, yeah. I don't know. That's a tough decision that I'm going to have to make. Because I do like the idea of playing all three of them. Yeah, I mean that the when I when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, they're really none of them are ten, eleven k, so it's not really going to strap you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, five hundred for Fox, nine thousand for Morant, and ninety one hundred for Westbrook. And if you put Franz in there, I mean, you got fifty eight hundred for each position. You can definitely make that work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely. Definitely a lot to think about. It's going to be an interesting slate tomorrow. I don't like it that much, but there's a lot of things about it that are uh, 
that aren't too bad. There might be some things that help you out too, like if um, for whatever reason Joel and B they rest them or something, him and um, you know uh, drumming out load Niang in there. So Niang's yeah. only thirty six hundred. So then you still got sixty four hundred per position if you have those five in there. That's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's probably gonna come down to some news or how I feel. I typically, yeah. I told Ryan this the other day. Uh, I typically do not build lineups until day of, because I don't want to build a lineup the night before, and then get off of it, and then be like, "Well, shit," and then that lineup blow up. See, I uh, <coughs> I lineups as we're on the podcast usually, or right after. I think uh, the small forward. Um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You got any more about the Lakers before we just talk about the whole slate in general? I mean, I also like AD tomorrow. He's expensive, but uh, he's been the only Laker that's been consistent so far. And I don't don't think Steven Adams can do anything to stop him. So I don't mind taking an AD tomorrow. I actually may end up not playing Westbrook because I like AD a little more. Especially that if... Would, in, that would trap you if you played an AD over a Westbrook. Because he is 10-6, so that's $1,500 more. You know, so playing somebody like that would trap you, for sure. Oh, yeah, you, you have... If you play an AD tomorrow, he has to hit or exceed value. Oh, 100%. And another guy I don't mind at least. Eh. I think that at some point this season, Malik Monk is going to see consistent minutes and more than the 16 and 18 he's got because I think he's going to be one of their best shooters off the bench, but uh, we don't see it yet. Right. I was telling you, um, I think it, I think I was telling you, I was like uh, Malik, or I said it in the Discord, like Malik Monk was their first guy coming off the bench yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I'm really surprised. Shooter. I'm really surprised that he's the first guy off the bench and he's only seeing that many minutes. Yeah, I mean, Carmelo got more. Uh, the newly acquired Avery Bradley um, is seeing more. Obviously, Avery Bradley, they got him in there for defense. Um, he plays really good defense. Because he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. Uh, Avery Bradley put up the uh, 20 minutes and zero stat line. Yeah. <laughs> He put up the old Danny Green. Yeah. Or uh, he, he put up, what was the other guy's up, name? Uh, Tony Snell. Yeah. He put up the wind sprint stats. Yeah. it's he, He's literally out there for defense. Yeah. I, I just made a really interesting lineup for GPPs if, uh, if Embiid is out tomorrow. If Embiid and Jalen Brown. Without Westbrook? Yeah. Because there's a lineup. That you can have, depending on news, especially if you can put Niang in there, that you can play AD Westbrook, Fox, Morant, and Watt, and um, Franz in there. Right now, the one I landed on is uh, Morant, Davion Mitchell, Lou Dort, Marcus Smart, Franz Wagner, Jason Tatum, Niang, Tobias Harris, and AD. 
if Brown and and Beat are out, that is a pretty good lineup. Yeah. Not many people's going to roll with that, that's for sure. Yeah, for GPPs, I I really like that. Although I do think a guy like AD does come in with ownership tomorrow just because of how consistent he's been. But I don't know how many people play Zaw over Curry and Westbrook tomorrow. Or Fox, for that matter. I don't know. Tomorrow's slate is definitely interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely definitely going to be um, something, ain't it? And you can, dude. There's so much stuff you can do tomorrow. Oh my god, it's going to make me sick. Yeah, I, I mean, fortunately, the news that we need for everything is the early games. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, because if any of those were night games, it would just wouldn't be able to target them because I, I do think Embiid is likely to play, in my opinion. Although it is against really bad OKC, so I could see, I could definitely see Philly deciding to rest him, but with no Drummond, that's going to be hard for them to decide to do. And Embiid's only ninety nine hundred too. Like I say, Embiid's only like ninety nine hundred's a lot, but not for Embiid. That that might be the cheapest we see him all season. Exactly. So for an MB, that's that's nothing. Yeah, like, like I said, he could legit play twenty five minutes and smash that price tag. Really wild. Yeah. We're hesitant to play a guy like Harrison Barnes at seventy four hundred, but we're like Embiid at ninety nine hundred and a blowout. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, do you like um, Jordan Poole tomorrow? I don't mind him. I mean, he just – I expected a lot more out of him in the starting lineup. He just really hasn't done it, and I think I agree with what Ryan said earlier today. If he was off the bench getting a lot more usage, I think he'd be much better. Yeah, I just – he's not exactly cheap anymore so uh, I, I just I'm probably going to avoid him at that price tag yeah 5200 I wonder if uh, Ryan's going to play Giddy again tomorrow I don't think Ryan plays anybody from OKC tomorrow he is he really, really dislikes that coach. <laughs> he, he's, he, I'm pretty sure he was their G League coach. I haven't looked it up to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure that dude was the OKC Blue coach. Is that, That's where I think he came from. The way he's coached this team so far, he, he might have a chance at being a G League coach again. Well, they may have just brought him in as far as development. You know, maybe they liked him as a developmental coach down there, and they just brought him in because they know they're not competing, right? They got, like, 200 draft picks over the next, like, 10 years or some stupid shit. 
So maybe they just brought him in, you know, maybe he already knows he's only being brought in to develop the young guys when they come in because, you know, I don't, I don't remember how many, how many besides the, um, it was a Toronto guy. The Toronto guy was a G League coach, wasn't he? The guy that won the uh, championship after uh, Casey. Nick Nurse. Yeah, he was a G League coach, right? I don't know. I thought I saw somewhere where he was a G League coach, but I think yeah, I'm. I think he was the G League coach. I think he's like the only successful G League coach that was like a. That's like that's like the Reds. Cincinnati Reds that hired David Bell, who was their minor league coach. Like, I don't know. There's a reason they're minor league. OKC has 36 picks over the next seven years. Yeah, it's silly. It's it's silly. It really is. That dude. I mean, you know. I mean, he could. They could turn those picks into some really good picks, or some of those picks. I know they was protected or whatever. NBA does a lot of trickery with their picks. You could swap picks. You could top three protected, top five protected. So you don't know what those picks are going to be. Like, I really don't know what those picks are going to be until the actual fucking draft happens. Yeah. Like, I don't I mean, much attention. OKC in the past have been a really good team in the draft. They've done a really fantastic job at drafting very good players. So, I mean, oh, they, they could three years in a row. Yes. Yeah. Durant. Harden and uh, Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, if they continue to pick like that in the future, I could. They could have the best dynasty in the NBA in the next seven years. They very well could. Or they could just keep stockpiling picks and just do nothing. Yeah, but, I mean, um, Sam Presti got those picks for obvious reasons. Like he's, I think he's going to cash some of them in eventually. You know, maybe to get a top pick or trade up to the number one spot if there's ever a kid out there. Like, you know, LeBron's like a once-in-a-generation talent. But, like, somebody like a Kyrie or Durant or somebody like that, if they're out there, you know, not saying they're going to be them. But you can go up there and get the, get the kid to lead your organization for the next several years, 10, 15 years, however long they're in the league. Yeah. I think it's hard for them to keep players out there because, I mean, it's it's OKC. It's not like – I mean, what's there to do in Oklahoma? It's a really small market that doesn't really compete that much. Right. Most players, I mean, you see it now. They're going to Brooklyn, New York, uh, L.A., Miami. I would want to. I would want to play in Florida, where half of my games I don't have to pay taxes, state taxes. You know, like. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that that might sound greedy, but you know, if you're making. Twenty million a year. Why not not pay state taxes for half of it? Pretty sure you don't pay state pay state taxes for all of it because you're. I think you still get paid in the state of Florida. Now you you pay taxes wherever you play because technically you're working in that state, so you got to pay state taxes in every arena, every state that you play in. Man, they must be making CPAs a lot of money then. That that would be complicated to keep track of. Well, the good thing is they don't have to, right? So I used to, uh, um, about five years ago, I worked for Paycor, which is a payroll company, and we did the Cincinnati Reds, um, we did the St. Louis Cardinals, and we did um, Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Reds, the Cardinals. 
we did the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Royals payroll. And literally all we did it, like the payroll company did it. Like there's obviously they got HR people. It's just like any other job. They submit how much the players should get paid. Um, and then on, and in the system, the system does it automatically. So it automatically sends out the state taxes to whoever, whatever state, um, that it's supposed to go to. So it's all handled with a payroll company. That's the only reason I know that. That's wild to think about. I never would have really put much thought into that because it makes sense that you pay taxes for the state that you're playing in. It's not something I've ever thought about, but bro, these wild. dudes get these dudes pay for their hotel or travel stuff like that, and you'll see a seventy thousand travel reimbursement on their check. Like they get reimbursed for all that. Wow, it's nuts, dude. Like, yeah. It's it's insane. Like you would never think that. Like you don't obviously know what all goes on, but they pay for a lot, the players themselves, and then they keep the receipts and they submit it for uh reimbursement, like travel and stuff like that to mini camp and all that other shit. It's crazy. Yeah, it's something I've never really thought about. I would I would have just assumed off the top of my head that most the team just took care of most of those things. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Trust me, until I, uh, I got a call from, um, uh, obviously not like anybody big in the Reds organization. It's just, uh, somebody that handles their finances or handles their payroll. I didn't even know their name. And they was calling about, uh, a player, uh, getting his travel reimbursement. So, you know, I'm nosy. So I pulled up the check and like you could see what they get paid in the state taxes. Like on a player's, so, like, you know, on your check, it'll just say, West Virginia state tax. Yeah. You know, if you ha- if you have a state tax, I really don't know in West Virginia, but yeah, they have like literally like on one player's check, it has like twelve, fourteen states or how many ever states they played in, and if the city or county that they played in has taxes, they got to pay that taxes too. It's a fucking joke. So right. my thing is, I'm not I'm not a tax guy, so I wonder if they have to pay like if they have to fill out all those taxes at the end of the year. Like oh, me, I, I lived in Kentucky, worked in Ohio, and um, I had to file Ohio and Kentucky tax. But because they're um, a reciprocal state, I didn't have to pay Ohio tax. I only had to pay Kentucky's. Yeah, it was the uh, same for working in West Virginia and leave, living in Ohio. Right. So you know a little bit. I mean, there's reciprocal states that you don't actually have to pay the taxes for because they have an agreement. But we uh, listened to the podcast. We got like a payroll uh, education today. The only DFS podcast you'll learn about payroll taxes. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, now I'm I'm five years removed from that, so who knows what the hell they do now? But I'm sure it's the same. It has to be the same thing because they still have to pay taxes in all those cities, all those states, unless. Like, obviously, like, when the Clippers and Lakers play each other, they only got to play in, you know, Lakers or whatever. But that would piss me off like that. That's why I don't understand why those people go to uh, California to play, because I hear that California is the worst for tax purposes. Like, it taxes oh, the most out of your check. They, they literally make enough money that outside of, like, G League, that they don't care. Like, that does not make a difference to them. That I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. 
But when I moved from Kentucky to Ohio and I saved on taxes because Kentucky has one of the worst uh, tax percentages as well, believe it or not. When I moved from Kentucky to Ohio, it felt like I got a pay raise. And I'm like, oh, shit, like I made a good decision moving to Ohio because I saved so much money on paying taxes. Sure, that's something not many people have thought in their lives. Moved to Ohio, that was a good decision. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you, I was in a, I was in Kentucky paying um, registration on my Camaro, and my registration on, on my Camaro in Kentucky was $586. I come Ooh. to Ohio – I come to Ohio, it's $55, bro. Yeah, man. Car insurance on my Camaro in Kentucky was $144 a month. I am paying $56 a month for full coverage on my Camaro in Ohio. So it was definitely a great decision to move. Holy shit. I'm glad that's a common. Kentucky's a commonwealth state, bro. You got to have extra insurance for the people that's not insured in Kentucky. So it's a joke. Yep, I'm good on all that. If anybody's from Kentucky out there, you know you know the pain. But uh, one last thing that we got to do on this slate, I think we gave enough education for uh, this slate. Uh, one thing we got left to do, Dylan, is a uh, two minds lineup. Now that Ryan's not here, yeah, let's roll with it. I think uh, we got first last night, right? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think it's on you. All right, I'm gonna go with some people that were uh, neither one of us is probably I don't I don't know if he'll play them, but uh, I want to take some big shots uh, on this one, and I think um, I'm gonna start by sh- shooting a uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander at 6800. No yeah, one's gonna play him. No one's yeah, gonna play him. I agree. I had no plans on playing Shea, so that's that's good. I ha- to be fair to everybody out there, I have no plans of playing Shea. Maybe in one lineup, just in case he does go for 40. Um, yeah, and a blowout. But, uh, we'll see. All right, I'm going to shoot another big shot, and I am playing this guy, and I'm probably playing him everywhere. That's why I'm going to play him here, and our lineup's going to immediately be extremely different because nobody's going to play these two guys at point guard. I'm going to play Davion Mitchell. Perfect. And if we need to, we can move um, Shea from point guard to shooting guard, so keep that in mind when we're going through this, Dylan. Yeah. So if we if we want to play another point guard, we can. All right. Um, since we're going to be extremely different different from everybody, let's go ahead and be extremely different. Uh, that way you can take some uh, high end guys. Let's start Al Horford at center. Or you can move oh, Al Horford if you want to do something different. All right. In the trend of getting different, I don't think Christian Wood comes in with a lot of ownership tomorrow, so I'd say we go ahead and play some Christian Wood at power forward. I love some Christian Wood. Probably because he balled for me. All right, Dylan, I'll make I'll make our mind up for us today because I don't know if we, if me or you will actually go this player, but let's go with him here, Harrison Barnes. I'm okay with it. I'm not like okay with it, like you know, let's fire him up. But I'm I'm okay. Like, might as well give him a chance. 
All right, so I know that you are still in the process of learning NBA DFS and uh, learning to correlate your lineups and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And 100% think that if we're paying up $8,100 for a Christian Wood, we should pay up for at least one. Well, we do have one Boston guy, so that, that is correlated. Never mind. Yeah, you correlated it. I yeah, I forgot first. I, I forgot that, uh, what you call it was, uh, Horford was with Boston. I'm going to go ahead and say we take one of our small forward spots for, uh, Tobias Harris to correlate our Shea pick. There we go. Which I, I think he's a good play, even if MB plays. He just becomes a phenomenal play if MB doesn't. Got a shooting guard. Let's see what we got a shooting guard here. I'll go your boy, um, because I know you like him. Let's go Dort. I like it. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I, I think we have the only two guys that get consistent minutes for OKC there, so I don't mind that. You'll never see. I hate seeing the two OKC guys in there in the first place, but I think those. Two are uh, blowout proof, and they could probably get you some garbage time minutes. And they're, they're they're probably the most likely to hit value on that team. The only likely. Yeah, I I agree with that. So you could still play your big guy if you want to, or whatever you want to do. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's, I'm looking at where. Where certain plays will leave us. So I'm trying to. If you went, if you went the, if you went the big guy, I can correlate it with the uh, the shooting guard. By the big guy, I'm assuming you mean Westbrook, right? No. So you could put, so we could put Harrison Barnes and Tobias Harris at small forward, and it would leave you a power forward a guy you might take tomorrow in your lineup. Oh, you mean uh, an Anthony Davis. Yep, and then I can get uh, Melton in with uh, Davis as shooting guard. I'm okay with that, yeah. Yeah, that fits perfect. I don't think anybody's going to pay up at both power forward positions with Anthony Davis and Christian Wood. And then you got the two um, – Tobias Harris is definitely a solid, a great option if Joel Embiid's out. Oh, if, if Joel Embiid's out against this OKC team, Tobias Harris might be the highest scoring guy on the slate. The only guy that I think would have a higher upside with Embiid out is uh, Tatum if Jalen Brown's out. Yeah. We gotta definitely keep out on um the news tomorrow. Um but we do got um Davion Mitchell and Shea Gilchrist at the point guard. We got Melton and Dort at the shooting guards. We got Tobias and Harrison Barnes, Anthony Davis and Christian Wood, and then Al Horford at the center spot. 
So really, we got, uh, I mean, Tobias Harris can go for 50. Anthony Davis can go fucking bonkers if he really wanted to. Saw that in the first game. And I, I don't even think that was like a, that was definitely not a ceiling game for Anthony Davis at 58 Fando points. Um, you, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Anthony Davis has the highest single Fando point game ever at like 90 something. I don't know. Highest? Let's see if we can Google this. I don't know if Fando is something you can do Google. Let's see though. Huh. So, what comes up on Stat Muse, Dylan? Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. <laughs> 108.8 drafting points and 120 Fandle points. Wow. That is... That 1987. I don't think, think Fandle was a thing there. A thing at that point in time. No, that's... Uh, yes. I don't know when exactly FanDuel started, but I think since FanDuel started, the highest scoring guy is Anthony Davis at 99.5. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's right. Well, mm. on this other one. Kim Olajuwon is going to play tomorrow. Yeah, Kim Olajuwon's definitely not playing. 38 points, 17 rebounds, 6 assists, 7 steals, 12 blocks. That is an incredible game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Davis can go out and give you 20, 30, 20 rebounds, 30 points easily, a few blocks, some steals. He's just an all-around player. Oh, especially against... uh. Steven Adams. I mean, Steven Adams at one point was a fairly good defender. I think he's lost a few steps in recent years. For sure. Everybody besides LeBron James uh, goes down. As far as, uh, you know, age, they go down in the uh, athletic ability, and LeBron James is the exception to the rule. Him and um, Dirk played like 20 years. Dirk was one even of my he favorites. went down. Even he, even he went down though. I mean, LeBron yeah. is just LeBron's just a different animal. But they better get it together because he really doesn't have too many years left. Anything else that. on this slate? I will say that I think if Jalen Brown does miss tomorrow, I would make a pivot in this lineup from Anthony Davis to Tatum. Oh, for sure. So for anybody listening, if you do play this lineup, that is probably what I will do if that news comes. Yeah, I played our lineup today. I haven't even looked. But, yeah, if, um, yeah you could definitely pivot down to um, Jalen. Or Jason, not Jalen. But then you would have eight hundred extra dollars, and if you wanted to go up from one of the players, you could definitely do that as well. Um, who would you go up from? I don't even think I would. I don't think you have to. So generally, I know a lot of people make a um, 
big deal about having money left over, leaving money on the table. I don't so much. Just because uh if the it's right under play is gonna be the right players, play. I'm okay with it. Yeah, as long as you're happy with your lineup. A thousand dollars under a thousand dollars is fine by me. Uh, a lot of times that also helps you get different in GPPs. I mean, if you wanted to go up on anybody, I would say I'd stay with Horford, I'd stay with Wood, I'd stay with Tobias, I'd stay with Harrison Barnes. Um, you could go up from Dort if you wanted to to a uh, Seth Curry if Embiid's out. About all. Yeah, and I would definitely also recommend um, keeping in touch with the Discord. Ask as many questions as you can. That's the only way you're going to become better. Um, like, I've been hanging with these guys. Uh, my top lineup tonight is sitting at 332. It's projected 346. I still have John Morant. Um, I did have another lineup in here. You also uh, have Terrence Mann. Yeah, I have Terrence Mann still going. Um, well, I got John Morant and Terrence Mann, yeah. Still going. Um, I keep running into, like, I think this is your lineup. Yours is the Nicole Alexander, right? Yeah. 325? Mm-hmm. And then Ryan's at 321. And then my other lineup finished at 320. So um, these guys help me a lot, um, you know, and I do know a little bit about correlation. Doesn't mean I always do it. Like, MLB is stacking. NFL is stacking as well because you want to – typically you want to stack the quarterback-receiver combo, typically. You could do – you can run them naked, but NBA to me was always harder than those two. As far as like projecting minutes, you know, looking at you got to look at a lot more stats on NBA than you do on the other ones. Like NFL, look at targets, you know, shares, what's the other defense, how they play, things like that. It's, it comes easy to me. NBA, um, you got to look a little deeper, and you got to keep up on the news, which is the most important. Yeah, NBA news is crazy. Oh, George, goodness. Anything else for the people? Uh, yeah, I mean, same thing as always. Don't don't be afraid to get different. Uh, if you see on like the Twitter, wherever, that a ton of people are playing Westbrook tomorrow, play John Morant instead. Look for guys at price point pivots with similar upside. Don't be afraid to get different. For sure. For sure. Um, but, yeah, if you're doing tournaments, always – I mean, it doesn't always really matter about ownership because I really don't – I build the – like in baseball, and I'm going to start doing this with basketball as well. And when I do baseball, um, because I'm a, the tournament expert for um, for baseball – I never really looked at the owning percentage. I just put the best team together and rolled with that. But in basketball, I think you want the guys that are low owned, the ones looking at, and that just go off for you, right? That's a little different uh, than I mean, MLB. Oh, 
a little bit. Like tonight, uh, I'm cashing right now everywhere, and the lowest ownership guy I have is 15%. The highest ownership guy I have in, in single entry, at least, is 45%. I have a couple of them. Nope, 48%. So I have literally two guys that are almost – three guys that are almost 50% owned, and it's still different enough that I'm cashing with no issues, not worried about anything. So, I, I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm very rarely going to change my lineup because of ownership. Who's your 15% guy? Anthony Edwards. I love Anthony Edwards today. He's in my lineup, too. Yeah, I like I I like Edwards a lot. I agree. Really need John Morant to get back in this game, though. Speaking of D'Anthony Melton, he is going off today. Yeah. We're day late of putting him in there, huh? Yeah, he's got 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. And uh, I don't think – I know I didn't look at the box for that game before we put Melton in our two minds lineup. No, I didn't either. I'm looking now because I'm waiting for uh, Morant to get back in. Well, uh, for the uh, for this slate, that's all we have today. Uh, as always, like I said, join the Discord. Uh, ask as many questions. Uh, we're always here. Uh, we are on Twitter. I'm got more size. Dylan, what's your Twitter? Dylan six seven four five live one. I'll remember that one day. But uh, we appreciate it uh, again. As always, same time, same channel. See y'all tomorrow.